1: CyberBit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Anonymous actions, controversy over U.S. and Canadian anti-ISIS policies, ISIS has some cash flow and narrative problems, Crypto wars continue as Anissa comes down on the side of strong encryption and as the FBI takes a novel approach to getting Apple's help unlocking the San Bernardino shooter's iPhone. Symantec calls Drydex the most dangerous banking malware and Palo Alto warns against Locky ransomware. Linux admins it's time to patch and Dark Reading names 20 cyber startups to watch. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, February 17, 2016. Anonymous is out and about this week with actions against Turkish police sites and a Tanzanian telecom provider. Nothing new from them as far as we can tell on the ISIS front, but ISIS itself seems to be going through a rough patch. To be a convincing caliphate, you have to be able to rule, and ISIS is having some problems in this regard. The AP reports that ISIS is experiencing cash flow issues and is cutting salaries and benefits. This has an informational ops dimension because, again, a caliphate has to be able to deliver. These internal troubles appear as U.S. and Canadian intelligence, security, and information operations policies receive criticism over a roseate view of the situation on the ground and alleged weakening of security policies. Anissa reaches essentially the same conclusion on encryption backdoors the recent Harvard study did. They weaken defenses without offering a compensating payoff in improved intelligence. Breaking device security moves prominently into the news, as Apple receives a court order to assist the FBI in unlocking an iPhone belonging to one of the San Bernardino jihadists. The FBI has been unable to access the phone's contents, and it wants Apple to assist its efforts to brute-force the password. Note that the Bureau hasn't asked Apple to give up the device's passcode, but rather to help the FBI bypass protections to prevent brute-forcing. The device they want to access is a relatively old iPhone 5C. Eratus Security describes the order as having three elements. First, the Bureau wants Apple to prevent the phone from erasing itself after ten attempts to guess the password. Second, it wants help from Apple to enable the Bureau to submit passcodes electronically, which would be far faster than having someone type them in one at a time. And finally, there's some suggestion that the way to accomplish this would be through a firmware update. Apple says it won't comply. The case is interesting in several respects. For one thing, the federal law under which the Bureau argues Apple should be compelled to help is an old one, specifically the All-Writs Act of 1789. For another, this is not a request that Apple install a backdoor. It's a subtler, more limited request that Apple do something it can apparently do. An iPhone 5C could well be opened this way. Apple says it wouldn't be able to work these tricks on a later model, particularly an iPhone 6, and the general consensus is that Apple's right about that. And finally, some are asking, notably a story running today in courts, whether Apple takes a similarly principled line in jurisdictions other than the U.S. and the U.K. Has the company agreed, for example, to the security audit the Chinese government has demanded as a cost of doing business in that biggest of all emerging markets? Quartz thinks Apple's statements, which courts says falls short of denying that it will comply with the audit, are at best ambiguous. The CyberWire sat down this morning with legal and policy expert Marcus Roshecker of the University of Maryland's Center for Health and Homeland Security. We'll hear from him after the break. We'll give Kevin Mitnick's Twitter feed the last word on Apple. He says, and we're going to edit a little bit since we're a family show, quote, Tim Cook's response, FBI has good intentions. Boo to them. We aren't building an iPhone backdoor. FBI has good intentions. End of message. Turning to cybercrime, Symantec warns that Drydex, the credential-stealing trojan that affects bank customers, is showing rising infection rates and has become the most dangerous species of financial malware. Drydex typically infects its victims when they open a Microsoft Office document with malicious macros. Palo Alto Networks has found a newly virulent form of ransomware called Locky that spreads in the same fashion. Linux admins should take note. The new C library implicated in the ghost vulnerability discovered last year has another flaw that affects Linux devices, API web services, and many important web frameworks. A patch is out and admins should do well to apply it as soon as practical. Investment analysts continue to speculate that the cybersecurity market is in for a round of consolidation in 2016. As the annual RSA conference approaches, such rumors will continue as will coverage of aspiring unicorns and potential acquisition targets. Dark reading contributes to the conversation by naming 20 startups to watch, here they are Zerofox, Twistlock, Threat Quotient, Tenable, Synac, Sentinel One, Pin Drop Security, Menlo Security, Malware Bytes, Looking Glass, Illumio, Hacker One, Fireglass, Exabeam, Digital Shadows, Cynet, Symmetria, Cyber Reason, Argus Cybersecurity, and App Did you notice we read them in reverse alphabetical order? You're welcome, Zerofox. ...so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps... ...keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good... Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Visit N-E-T-S-K-O-P-E dot com. Joining me is Marcus Roschecker. He's the Cybersecurity Program Manager at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Marcus, uh, things in the encryption debate just got a lot more interesting.
0: Yeah, they certainly have. Um, So this debate about encryption has been going on for a long time now. There's a battle between uh, law enforcement and companies like Apple and Google and others. And uh, we've recently had a court order now that actually has compelled Apple to find a way to circumvent the encryption on one of its devices, a device that was used by one of the San Bernardino terrorists. Um, Law enforcement, FBI has been trying to get access to that device that was used by the terrorists, but have been unable to do so up to this point because of the encryption on the device.
1: And they're not asking Apple to decrypt the phone. They're asking Apple for basically help in brute force, brute forcing the phone. Is that correct?
0: That's correct, yes. So the court order that was issued um, requires Apple to provide reasonable technical assistance to the FBI to figure out a way to get at the encrypted data and essentially then allow law enforcement to Uh, as you said, brute force um, their way into the device um, by attempting all the different passcode variations that could um, eventually unlock the phone.
1: And so what are Apple's options in terms of fighting the court order?
0: Well, um, the court order says that they have five days um, to go back to the court and and appeal this decision. And um, Apple has already indicated that they will do so. So you know, we'll have to see exactly what and what they will base their appeal on. Um, but uh, we should be seeing that within a matter of days.
1: It's interesting that, that uh, the, the government is using the All-Writs Act of 1789 uh, to make their argument, you know, an, an old law for new technology.
0: <laughs> right. So we, we actually see that every once in a while where uh, government will, uh, will uh, look to any kind of law that they can hang their hat on. And uh, this All-Writs Act of 1789 certainly is an old law but the uh, government has uh, interpreted in such a way as to give um, judges uh, broad powers in terms of compelling third parties to uh, enforce court orders. Uh, on the other hand, Apple is arguing that this old law should be de- should be interpreted very narrowly and um, should not be interpreted in a way that gives judges um, the authority to to compel them to um, to carry out their court order. Um, you know, we'll have to see. This is really an issue of statutory interpretation. And uh, since this law is very old, um, it can be a little difficult sometimes to interpret exactly what it's saying.
1: Apple posted a a public message to their customers today laying out their case. If nothing else, this really uh, brings this issue of encryption uh, more to the public eye.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think uh, this issue of encryption has, um, has been in the public eye for the past few months. We've seen uh, testimony on the Hill. We've seen advocacy groups arguing uh, on on behalf of this issue, um, but I think uh, this court order really has uh, has put the issue to the absolute forefront. And uh, and especially with a public statement from Apple CEO, I think uh, you know we're seeing this story in the news everywhere now. I think everyone is going to be talking about it, and I'm sure everyone will have their own opinion on uh, how things should develop.
1: All right, Marcus, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll check back in with you as things develop. Thanks again for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers,